Well, have you ever had to work through a major crisis in your life? Well, the account of the sacrifice of Isaac is a dramatic record of a remarkable crisis in Abraham's life. And it's a story um, without uh, parallel or without precedent because God has never before demanded human sacrifice. And it was without parallel because no one else had ever been commanded to do it. Well, imagine the heartache, the brokenness, and there was an apparent lack of understanding. It seemed so illogical that the son of promise was now to be sacrificed to the God who had provided him. And surrounding pagans had regularly offered their children as a sacrifice to their gods, but not to the Lord God, the one and only true God. Well, today we'll consider this passage in Genesis 22 in four parts. In verses 1 and 2, we see the call of God. And then in verses 3 to 10, we've got the obedience of Abraham. And then thirdly, the provision of the Lord in verses 12 to 14. And finally, the promises of God in verses 15 to 18. So first of all, let us consider the call of God to Abraham. And in verses 1 and 2, we read this. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. He said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains on which I shall tell to you. And we've got to notice (coughs) here how these words echo the original call of God to Abraham when he was called to leave his homeland, when he was called to go to a land that God would show. And if you were to set the first two verses of Genesis 22 alongside the opening verse of Genesis 12, you'd see that they are very similar. So it makes you wonder, well, which journey was more difficult for Abraham? Was it more challenging for him to leave his home in Ur for the promised land? Or was it more challenging for him to leave home in the promised land for Mount Moriah? It must have been difficult for Abraham to leave Ur when first called by God, it would have required great faith. However, when you look at it, this journey to Moriah later in life was going to be even more challenging. And many Christians assume the Christian life will grow easier with the passing of time. However, when you think about it, Finishing well is often more difficult than starting well. Finishing well 
is what the scripture calls us to do. And in Matthew 10, in verse 22, it says, in part, that the one who endures to the end will be saved. We have to endure to the end. <clears throat> and also, we've got to notice that in verse 1, it starts with the words, after these things. Well, these words might seem insignificant, but they're very important when you analyse them because they direct our attention to the past. As well as reminding us of what happened in chapter 21 with the birth of Isaac, they also remind us of all that has transpired from way back in Genesis 12, right up to this point. And Moses, the writer of Genesis, wants all the promises made to Abraham in past years to be fresh in their minds. He wants us, them to be fresh in their minds so that we might be prepared to absorb the shocking story that he's about to tell. And then verse 1, well, it, it continues with the phrase, God tested Abraham. We've got to remember that these are Moses' words for the reader to know from the outset that this was a test. Abraham's faith was being tested in this event. And we have to understand and realise that when God tests his people, it is for the, for the purpose of strengthening and refining them. As we all know, sometimes God's people pass the test, just as we'll see Abraham doing. However, sometimes we fail. God uses the failure to further refine us. And so verse 1 concludes with Abraham saying, like, and just like any faithful servant should, we see Abraham saying, here I am. Abraham is willing to listen. Abraham is ready and waiting. And as we saw in verse 2, we see that the Lord tells Abraham to take Isaac and to sacrifice him as an offering. Well, this must have been shocking to Abraham, as we have already thought about previously. As I saw, one commentator has said that the Lord, however, did soften the blow for Abraham when he called him. Because evidently in the Hebrew original, it's clear that God said please to Abraham when he delivered this command. So translated more literally, the text could read, please take your son, your only son, whom you love. And it's very uncommon for God to say please or I beg you or I urge you when he delivers commands to his people. But here we see he does. 
It's as if God was saying to Abraham, I know this is going to sound strange to you, but please trust me. Take your one and only son, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering. And also, as an aside, (coughs) it's interesting to note that the Hebrew word Moriah evidently sounds like the Hebrew word for provide. Well, was this a clue to Abraham that the Lord would see to it and that the Lord would clearly provide? And we must also note that we can see in Second Chronicles chapter 3 and verse 1 where we're told that Moriah is where the city of Jerusalem was built. And even more significant is that Moriah was the location where Solomon commenced building the temple in Jerusalem. And it's also in the vicinity of Calvary. So this gives the whole story added significance. Well, moving on to verses 3 to 10, we consider the obedience of Abraham. Well, as we know, Abraham's faith wasn't always perfect. He was human. He had his ups and downs. He sometimes allowed fear of the unknown to get to him. He was just normal. But here in this episode... His faith is rock solid. He simply obeyed the Lord. He rose early in the morning. He cut the wood. He saddled the donkey. He started out on the journey with his beloved son Isaac and two of his young male servants. And on the third day, Abraham saw in the distance the place that he was heading for. And so throughout the journey, he must have agonized. He must have agonized over the thought of Isaac's death. And especially he must have agonized over the thought that it would come by his hand. Well, we see in verse 5, that Abraham tells the servants to stay with the donkey while he and the boy go and worship. And then he concludes by adding, I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And it's also interesting to note that the word come in the phrase, and come again to you, is in the original, is evidently plural. In other words, Abram was saying, we will return to you. So how could Abraham have said this to his servants, given what the Lord had commanded him to do? Well, how could he do it? He presumably said it in faith, knowing that the Lord would provide. 
He did not know how God would provide, but he knew that God would provide. And then Abraham's faith is also evident in his response to Isaac's question concerning where the missing sacrifice. Where's the lamb? We haven't got the lamb with us. Abraham responds to to his son's query, and once again by saying that God will provide. So here we see Abraham and Isaac setting out together to the place where God had told him to told them to go. And once they got there, what did they do? Well, Abraham built the altar. He laid the wood in order. And then he bound Isaac, his son. And he laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Well, what's going to happen? Well, then we see Abraham being obedient all the way. He lifts the knife to slay his son. And there. New Testament reading from Hebrews 11 helps us to understand how Abraham could go as far as this. How he could go as far to take the knife in his hands in his hand. He tells us that Abraham considered that God was able even to raise Isaac from the dead. Abraham knew that God was able to bring life from death. And so he was obedient right to the point of death. Well, you and I should consistently obey God, just as Abraham did. Because in Hebrews 11 and verse 6, it tells us that God is the rewarder of those who seek and obey him. Well, as we see in the New Testament, Jesus Christ was the word of God coming in the flesh. And the the book of Hebrews, it starts with this statement. In other words, there is nothing left for God to reveal now that Christ has come. It's not that we should expect God to speak to us just as he, like he spoke to Abraham. Instead, now that God has spoken to us by his Son, we ought to be found living obedient lives of faith, just like Abraham did in this instance on Moriah. Well, this leads us to the third part of the story. This leads us to the provision of the Lord. Abram believed that God was able to raise Isaac from the dead. But thankfully, it didn't come to that, for the Lord provided a substitute. Just as Abraham was lifting his hand to sacrifice his son, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven. 
And once again, Abraham replied, well, here I am. And the angel said, well, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I can see that you obey God. Well, as Abram heard that, he looked up. And what did he see? Well, he saw that ram caught in the nearby bushes by his horns. Abraham knew that the Lord had provided. So Abraham took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of Isaac. He realized that the Lord had provided, so he called the place, the Lord will provide. Well, we've got to remember that the different events recorded in the Old Testament really did happen. But they also point forward to things yet to come on a greater scale. Certainly the story which we've been looking at this morning concerning the sacrifice of Isaac and the Lord's provision of a substitute, it was one of these events which causes, which point forward to things yet to come on a greater scale. On a spiritual level, Isaac typifies all those who have the faith of Abraham from among both Jews and Gentiles. As we all know, they deserve death because of their sin. But Jesus the Lamb of God took away the sins of the world. He is our substitute. Well, we've got to realise that the gospel message was being portrayed loud and clear through Abraham's obedience and the Lord's provision. The fact also that Isaac was the beloved son the only son of the promise mirrors the same description of Christ as God's only son who would not be spared. In the words, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Well, they point well into the future and God's saving purpose in his son the Lord Jesus Christ. And it also points to us today. Well, then we see the passage which we're looking at today concluding with the Lord speaking to Abraham a second time. And he speaks to Abraham the second time and reinforces the promise. By myself I have sworn... Because you have done this and not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you. <clears throat> I will multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. The evil one will be conquered and that all nations of the earth 
would be blessed. And we have to remember that these are not new promises. They have already been made to Abraham previously. Abraham had shown his obedience to the Lord. He'd passed the test. Now he was blessed to have the promises of God reiterated to him yet again. And they were said to him with even greater boldness and clarity than before. Well, the covenant relationship between God and Abraham includes both promises obligating God to Abraham and also commands obligating Abraham to God. This pattern of mutual obligation is not a relationship of equal parties as it is <coughs> in a usual human contract. Rather, God sovereignly bestows the covenant gives the grace of faith and obedience to the elect and graciously provides the remedy for human disobedience. God has made a covenant with Abraham and God gave him the faith to trust and obey. So in closing, we want, I just want to focus on the sections of this passage we've looked at which illustrate the faith of Abraham. Because as we've seen, Abraham is known as a man of faith. Well, in verse 5, where Abraham says, we will come again. Well, it could be called Abraham's faith statement. Abraham was saying that we're going to come back to you. Abraham believed that he would be coming back to those to his servants. And then when questioned by Isaac about the lamb for the burnt offering, we see Abraham again saying, God will provide a lamb for the burnt offering. And so therefore Abraham could name the place of that offering. He could name it, the Lord will provide. And as we've seen, God certainly did. And then we see that great statement of Abraham's, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Abraham perceived God's saving purpose for the future. God uses Abraham's obedience to paint a great picture of God's sovereign, sovereign love for mankind down through the ages with the new covenant of grace through Christ's blood to all who put their trust in him. We can trust God's promises and we can say with Abraham, the Lord will provide the Lord will provide even when things seem impossible. Well, do you have assurance of faith? 
If you lack assurance, well, there are many possible reasons, but one reason why you lack it could be disobedience. The Apostle John spoke of assurance when he said in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 3, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Do you have faith in the Lord God and his promises to trust him for forgiveness? Have you experienced his presence, his strength and enabling in difficult times? We must obey the Lord as Abraham did consistently to the end and even to the point of death. We must remember that the Lord is the wonderful covenantal provider of faith to those who seek him. So I trust and pray that each one of us will seek the Lord, that each one of us will obey the Lord, and that each one of us will have a faith like Abraham had. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we have seen once again that Abraham was a man of faith. He trusted you and he trusted <coughs> your promises. Help us to remember that you provide all that we need, even when things seem impossible. May we each one have a living faith knowing that we can experience your presence, your strength, and your enabling in difficult times. And help us to obey and faithfully follow you at all times. And we do ask all these things in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.